The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Excuse my daddy. I'm, ass- I'm assuming that that didn't actually make air. Hi, uh, the, 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 the last, like, two words you said got through. <laughs> so the last two words were his daddy. Well, yeah. that's unfortunate for him. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to the kickoff. Week five of season three here on the W2M Network. For how much longer, we'll see. Dun, dun, Just dun. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, Jason. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you listen to the show. Joining me, as per usual, the producer-turned-co-host, Eric Watkins. Man, it's weird when I have a couple of weird days, but they're not about my normal stuff. That's strange. But on the plus side for you, these so that happens are just falling into your lap, man. I know, it's like, the what did I do to the universe so I can keep doing it? Uh, well, I'm sure the universe wants her back whenever you get a chance to give her Anyway, moving on. The producer turned co-host turned producer turned, well, pretty much jack off of mini trade, Brandon Biscovich. War is upon us, that is all. Yeah, and if we would have actually done a podcast about it, people might actually care. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. bring stuff back just for... Wednesdays. Uh, it would be a good day to actually post it, except for the fact that we, you know, watch the Wednesday night one. And the chairman of the W2M network, for how much longer? We don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Dramatic reverb. Jason Teasley. What's happening, Captain? <laughs> What's going on? Hey, I got, a, I got a quirky joke for you guys. What do you call a hen counting her eggs? Oh, God, what? I'm after my chicken. <laughs> I've I, I got a worse one for you, but I'm going to save it. Okay, save on it. On topic. On topic. <laughs> Don't you give me that spiel, sir. <laughs> that, that's Harry's job. <laughs> you watch <laughs> yourself, deeply. It's not Exactly. When it, when it comes to me keeping us on topic, we have issues. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I seem to remember an NFL preview show that didn't go as planned. Yeah. Well, that's because we uh, didn't that, have that, Harry. Yeah, we didn't I have know. Harry, and our 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 juju was thrown off. Mm-hmm. It was. But let's See, not... I, I try to give you a compliment, and you try to cut me off, thinking I'm going to be an asshole or something, <laughs> and talk about catfish. <laughs> If there is anything that this show history has proven, Jason, you tend to lean toward that hole. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to our normal show opening. Let's start with studs and duds. Eric, stud. We have a normal show opening? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway, now, you know, just like we have a history of many, many different things, we hear a group of guys that are for the brand, Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, in an epic brand moment, Caleb Ferguson. Now, normally when you're a third string running back, you don't get a lot of opportunities, especially when you're, you know, FCS. But when you're the punter, okay, it's a little bit different. Sometimes you're called upon. 
What if you could meld those two skills together? And that's exactly what happened. This man caught the UT Chattanooga defense nap. He decides, you know what? No, no, forget this old punting business, even though I've got a 43.5-yard average for the day. I'm going to do myself one better, do my team one better, and run 69 yards, giggity, for the touchdown. And yes, it was very nice. For that, Caleb, boy, you my stud. I feel like Eric only half-picked this because of the 69 thing. I didn't even um, know it was for the 69-yard. Hold I was on. like, okay. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. I, ha- I, have, I, have, I have an impression here for this, so let's get to this real quick. Eric, how many yards was he? 69. Giggity! All right. <laughs> and, and trust me, that was a bonus. <laughs> it was a bonus? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Stud. So my stud for the week is a bit homery, and no, I'm not talking about the Giants. I'm talking about two of my fantasy teams. As they, the, what the Giants? The Giants' performance could be homerish over these last two it, weeks. It could. We'll talk about the Giants more later. But no, I'm sure. I, I'm talking about two of my fantasy teams for this season. As my number one, dra- my first round draft pick in two of my leagues. Went for 165 yards for and three touchdowns in a 40 to 25 win over Baltimore, and this is one Nick Chubb. And what is even more impressive about this is that all of the fantasy experts throughout Saturday and Sunday, because it's Baltimore and they have such a great defense, were saying, "Oh, even though he was a first round draft pick, maybe shy away from playing Nick Chubb this week." Well, he says you can go scratch. Okay, I'm sure he I'm, didn't say scratch. I'm just because that sentence makes no goddamn sense. I just want to say something real quick here. Mm-hmm. Between Eric's 69 yards, Brandon going with the full chub, and this segment being called studs, I think I need to remind everybody: family show. <laughs> and see, that wasn't even with me this time. Although, Grant. I get a very interesting opportunity with a barter situation. It's not every day you can offer to have Family show! <laughs> Jason. Jason Stud. My stud is um, going to appease someone on this show. That's right. Uh, a little running back down around Eric's way and who happens to play for Eric's favorite team went fucking loco. After having what some have said has been a slow start to the season, totaling up right around 245 yards total offense, though he never found the end zone, but he sure the fuck made a, a hell of a 81-yard 80 yard run with it. With that being said, Leonard Fournette, you are my stud. Mm. We'll talk more about that game in a few moments here because, well, let's just say so that happened to Denver's defense, and we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> Dramatic reverb. <laughs> foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing reverb. We need a foreshadowing reverb sound effect now. All right, let's move on back to the, <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> 
My stud for the week is Super Homer, even though they didn't get a victory. Um, so, we did Are You Serious last week. And I will be doing updated standings on Are You Serious this week, because it is an even number week for the show. It's week five, and I do them every two weeks. So, we did it after week two. We'll do it after week four. Uh, if anybody recalls my NFL Are You Serious last week, I picked the Bills plus seven against New England. Do we remember this? I do. I didn't say nope. that Buffalo was I did not say that Buffalo was going to win the game, even though I wouldn't have been surprised if they did. I just said that they were going to cover. And the reason I said that they were going to cover is because of that Bills defense. Holy God, that Bills defense. For the first legit, time though. for the first time this season, Tom Brady is intercepted. And not only is Tom Brady intercepted, he is intercepted in the red zone, which is only like the fourth time in the last Five years this has happened to him. Not only was it in the red zone, wasn't it in the end zone? Yes, it was. It, picked, was. it was picked off as he was going for, I think, his tight end. Yeah. In addition, let's look at Tom Brady's stat line for this game, shall we? Mm-hmm. Eight, 18 of 39. Yes, more incompletions than completions. 150 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Buffalo was a blocked Corey Bourgeois punt away from beating the New England Patriots. And it's because of that stifling Bills defense. To be fair, though, um, they didn't exactly look all that strong to start off the game. Well, no, that first the first one that the, the Patriots had where they went down the field with, with uh, Brandon Bolden, who apparently is still in the NFL, who knew? His touchdown there, yes. But after that, we basically shut down one of the most powerful offenses in the entire National Football League. Fair enough. Yeah, and to think, if there hadn't have been for a somewhat questionable hit on Josh Allen late in that game, I would have given you a legit chance to really pull off the upset and give me even more reason to smile this week. Okay, let's remove the word some from that statement there and just say a very questionable hit. Jonathan Jones should have been thrown out of that game. No, I completely agree. But then again, Belichick opening his mouth and you know how that goes. As Micah Hyde himself said on the sideline during the game after it happened, if one of us would have hit 12 referring to Tom Brady like that, we would have been kicked out of the game. Well, of course, because he knows better. If anybody sneezed on Tom Brady, they would have gotten a 30-yard penalty and been ejected and suspended for six weeks. Let's be real here. Speaking of suspended, bye-bye, Vontez Burfick, you asshole. Hey, Hey, don't be stepping on my feet. Hey, we're just giving you a taste of what you do to us every week. <laughs> Fair enough. For those for those of you just joining the show, all you need to know is hashtag Bisco gonna Bisco. We'll leave it at that. Let's flip to the other side of the script here. Eric Dud. Okay. There was a, a bit of a shootout game out west on Sunday. For, for between one team you kind of expected, yeah. You could see them putting up 40 points. But could you really see that same team with that particular opponent giving up 55? Yes, one of those six of those points was a scoop and score from one Donald Kong Sue, but 
The Rams defense, yes, it's Mike Evans. Yes, it's Chris Godwin. But it's still Jameis Winston. You're at home. And you do that? I'm sorry. But all y'all guys, just no. You're my dud. Because it's just Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Really? So what you're saying is they were the shrimp in the grocery store for Jameis Winston? <laughs> Crab legs. Oh, thank you. I don't pay attention to Florida State well enough to actually know that. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Brandon, dud. My dud for this week is on a similar vein as my uh, stud. You know how I mentioned how the uh, all those experts were saying, oh, Nick Chubb's going to do terrible this week because the, Ram- the Ravens' defense is uh, so so good? Well, about that, they proceed to give up 40 points this week. Ravens defense, you are my dud. I just want to state for the record, I'm tired of Brandon talking about his job. Well, hey, I mean, if you prefer someone else, I mean, I've got some interesting situations going on. Yeah, I'm not the least of your worries when it comes to that. Jason Dodd. My dad is a um, what what was to be a highly touted, well respected team coming into this season, who um, kind of kind of just kind of shit the bed against a floundering Chicago Bears team, and which the Vikings only managed to put up six points. I mean, Cousins. He was Cousins. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin Cook, who, who is arguably, in my opinion, a premier top ten running back, managed to put up 35 yards and 35 yards in the air. So, I mean, but they couldn't move the ball. And what's even worse, rumors started circulating today that Stefan Diggs is looking to exit stage trade so stay tuned to that but the Bears defense they've struggled I mean they're premier defense but they shouldn't have been able to hold that that Vikings team to a mere six points uh it was a sloppy played game I mean Cousins I mean he's the only person that I know that almost missed throwing a football on a baby reveal and um that that was that was really funny when I seen that video pop up on my timeline. So, I mean, come on, Vikings. Hewer does. Pick it up. We know that, that that division can be won by just about anyone in it. So, prove that you're not a dud this week and bounce back with some mustard. Number one, and this has been sourced, Kirk Cousins literally has major anxiety for any sort of spotlight game. You're playing the Bears at 4 o'clock. This is exactly what I expected. Not not just 4 o'clock, but the 425 national CBS broadcast. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, did you really think the Bears were going to be that bad once Mitch Trubisky left the game? <laughs> they finally had a half-competent quarterback. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Eric... Eric, guess what? What? Segway! 
<laughs> Let's talk North Carolina, shall we? <sighs> okay. This. All right. We're going to discuss this further a little bit later on in the show because somebody on this panel does not agree with me, and I will let them state their piece a little bit later on in the show. But for now, let's go to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to the campus of the University of North Carolina, and let's talk about the fact that the Tar Heels of the University of North Carolina have the number one ranked Clemson Tigers on the ropes on Saturday night. They have just scored to cut the deficit to 21 to 20. And Mac Brown goes for two and the win at home. Dabo Sweeney's Tiger defense snuffs the run out. It is stuffed. He is shut down. The onside kick does not work. And three victory formations later, it's Austin Labai by North Carolina. Mac Brown, you are my dud for the week. We'll debate this further a little later in the show. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Hey, Eric. Yes? So, that happened, and this should be wonderful because Miami. You know, I was getting ready to come on here, talk about the 6th anniversary of the Fail Mary, how the refs got a new deal so we would avoid that again, but no. For the second week on the trot, the universe is like, hey, Squid, we see what you're doing. Yeah, you had a weird dream, but let me help you out with this. And gave me just a typical me kind of a story. When you go to Miami, you know you're going to pay a lot for alcohol. Am I right? Oh, I've just seen this story. Yeah, I'd have to say yes. (laughs) Oh, okay, so when you go to an NFL game, you know the beers are going to be a little bit pricey. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, I, I, I saw the story. I, I see where it's going. Yes. I, I, I can't speak here because I'm the one that sent it to him originally. But when you're in these situations, in an NFL game in Miami, yes, you're going to get a double whammy. But do you really expect to pay, oh, I don't know, $724 for two of your frothy brews of choice? No, not at all. Exactly. No one does. So when we... more... Real quick, I think that's more than some of the Dolphins are actually making this year. <laughs> one or two, if you look at the payroll, they, they've been making some budget cuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hello, thank you for calling Domino's. May I take your order? <laughs> yeah, we at the kickoff have to have side enterprises in order to make the in order to pay the bills. Continue, Eric. Well, well we do have we all may have to pay for a website soon, so we got to do what we got to do. Hey, if you want to talk side businesses, message me on Family Show. <laughs> but yes, one unfortunate soul happened to run a foul of a beer vendor who is even shadier than I am. See, when I have my little deals in the darker places of the internet, they're actually legitimate. I don't run around using a card skimmer and charging random inebriated folks who are suffering through what's potentially an 0-16 dolphin season with a card skimmer getting ready to charge all willy-nilly. Thankfully, that beer vendor was arrested, and the Dolphins had enough heart 
to make those beers on the house. But still, why would you even come up with $724 for two beers? Wait, please. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let's the hit the best part of this let's, hit, let's hit the best part of this story. I apologize for cutting you off, Jason. I'll let you speak in a second here. In the most Miami Dolphin part of this story, the dude was dumb enough to use his real name on the account that he was swiping the cash to and got arrested in the stadium while he was still trying to sell more beers. Wow. Yeah, he, again, he's not even going to use a fake name. He could have messaged me for a maybe hypothetical 15 or 20% cut. I would have given some ideas. Now, granted, I do not personally nor professionally condone this sort of behavior. If you're trying to go and make some quick money, look, there's plenty of different ways. Twitter, Telegram, Snapchat, kick while it still exists. Come to me. Everybody wins. Okay, thanks here. Hold on. Oh, I had chili in my earphone. Hold on, I got to wipe the chili off my <laughs> But uh, I just don't understand how this even worked. Okay. It's a card we're, we're skimmer. Back. Real quick to answer Brandon's question. It's a card skimmer for a self for a for a um a swiper that yeah. most people have from devices in order to accept legitimate payments. In the case of the skimmer here, it actually pulls the number off of the credit card and then you can charge as as a, as you feel appropriate with it. Go ahead and give your thoughts on the segment here, Jason. Two things. First is they put the beers on the house. So they they gave them $14 worth of alcohol for $724 charges. That sounds like a Miami thing that, to do. Lastly, if he needed fake names, I'm pretty sure he could hit up Sean. He's got a list of them. <laughs> The views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily reflect the rest of us here at the kickoff. Hey, Harry, Harry, you know you're holding it back. You know you. You know I almost. You know I popped you. I popped I, Eric. I'm a professional, <laughs> Brandon. Since when? Uh, professional. I didn't get no paycheck for this. <laughs> God damn you, Eric. What are you a professional of? You son of a... All right, let's move on here. Uh, Brandon, so that happened. Um, so my so that happened um, was um, equally messed up, but on the field instead of off. One Vontez Perfect, who we've talked about a bunch in the past, about his... Um, less than reputable reputation on the field. He decides to go and do a big old helmet to helmet hit on. I'm drawing a blank on who it was on. Jack, Jack Doyle. Doyle. Jack Doyle, correct. And he goes and gets himself suspended for the remainder of the 2019 2020 season. Um, how long before. Well, I mean, this is Goodell, so probably never, but. In a perfect world, how long would it take for him to get a lifetime ban? The, the words you just said right there are the answer to your question. As long as Roger Goodell is the commissioner, it won't happen. Yes. But in actuality, plain and simple here, 
and this will be the first time you hear me swear on this episode, kick that motherfucker out of the league. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not going to disagree because as he was getting ejected, leaving the field, he was blowing kisses to the crowd. Number one, DeMore Smith and everybody else in the NFLPA, I get that you have a job to do with the players, but seriously, there are limits. Knowing this man has been suspended for a total of 10 games, six of those for these similar hits has been fined. I believe the number's close to a half a million dollars. It's a little yeah. over now with the yeah. salary that, with the salary he's losing from the rest of the suspension. Right. For his career, you're actually filing an appeal to try to get this reduced. No. You take him in, sit his ass down, and said, hey, you're on your own for this. We're done with no. you. You know what you do, Eric? You take him in, and you have somebody line his ass up and hit him the way that he hits these players. You know, I would not object to that whatsoever. We talked about the Antonio Brown hit last week on this show ad nauseum. Frankly, we think that that hit that Burfitt gave Brown in the Pittsburgh Steelers-Cincinnati Bengal playoff game a couple of seasons ago is what's causing the downward spiral we're seeing from AB right now. As further evidenced by his behavior in the deposition with his condo. Continue. Thankfully, Jack Doyle ended up being relatively okay from the hit that Burfitt gave him during the course of this game here. But how many more people is Burfitt going to have to put on either the injured reserve or put out of the league or cause permanent damage to, to realize that this guy is a liability to the National Football League and the Players Association? Here, here's, a, here's a better question for you. How many more, um, well, this was more off the field, or this was more on the field than off. But how many more crazy stories are the Raiders going to incur this season? Uh, let's see. We're at week five. I put the over under at four for the rest <laughs> of the take, year. I'm taking the over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm- if this were any other organization, you would have to say that they'd immediately cut him and, you know, basically he gets blacklisted at this point, a la Ray Lewis. But it's the Raiders, so they're probably going to try to make sure that he comes back this season somehow. And wait until they go to Vegas! Oh, God. (sighs) Jason, so, that happened. Well, my soul that happened um, is, is... Gonna kind of segue dramatic reverb off of what Eric said earlier. Um, and, and that's yeah, uh, and that's Jared Goff. I mean, the kid blew up. Had a, one of his top games of his career, throwing for 517 yards, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. I mean. How do you throw for 517 yards and lose? You're playing behind most of the game. Well, he... I mean, still, you should at least, you know, going on what was said earlier, your defense only had to get maybe one stop. But 
it was it reminded me of the um it proves that the NFL has a more concentration on offense than it does defense uh, because they wanted a high-scoring game. They got a high-scoring game, and they gave the uh, Rams the first loss of the season at the hands of uh, Winston and the Bucks. But also, I have a 1B on my So That Happened. And that's how the fuck I got chili in my ear on my headphones. Jason Teasley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> look, I, look, I'm the last person to kink shame, especially when it comes to food play. Show. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering how I pull out my I pulled out my head my one of my ear earbuds and there was chili on it and it was in my ear. And it was really weird because it was not there when we started this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess this has something to do with Kent. Not sure. Just saying. Tossing it out. No, I, no I, I've had, like, when when I started the podcast, there was, my earbud was in, there was no chili on it. I, I pulled my earbud out, there was chili on the end of it, there was chili in my ear. <laughs> do not I know how that happened. It's uh, a miracle. Uh, I'm um I'm... Believing that there might be a ghost that has that was eating a hot dog in my my office while we're recording, and you know gave me a wet willy, we're going to go with that. A wet chili willy. Um, he gave me a wet chili willy. That sounds like something Eric would be doing on the dark web. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Oh wait, I got an even better joke to that here, Jason. You ready? Oh God. Well, if there's you one, you're the this- king of dad jokes. No, trust me, you'll enjoy this one. Well, if there's one show that knows a thing or two about people being ghosted, it would be this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I'm going to say is there is a new MTV show called Ghosted. Maybe we know somebody that needs to go on it. <laughs> and with that, we move back on to my show that happened. Denver does it again. Eric... I'm telling you, y'all thought that I was weird when I was saying that Minshew has gained the power of the Florida man. Y'all weren't paying attention. This is what happens. What the fuck, Denver? (laughs) Back-to-back weeks with Mitchell Trubisky and now Gardner Minshew leading game-winning fourth-quarter drives against you to beat you at Invesco Field. What the fuck? Hey, hey, Eddie Pinheiro. Eddie Pinheiro, Florida man. Minshew, Florida man. He don't know. He ain't ready. In his defense, that is not really fair because that is truly Uncle Rico and he can throw a football over the over the uh, Rockies. <laughs> You're did damn you guys, right. Did you guys see the skit on Fox this week? That was hilarious. ESPN, and yes. Oh, no, it was ESPN, you're right. (laughs) Well, we try not to get political here on the kickoff, but I think the only thing left to say at this point is vote for Pedro. (laughs) Indeed. That's the name of my penis. He's my Uh, friend. I'm going to have to hit Jason with this one. Family show! Okay, I feel better. By the way, Eric, we're already over. That's five.
I don't, I don't know why you keep insisting on trying to get the under with his. You know he, between yeah, me he, and I'm, Jason. Come we're, on adjust, now. we're adjusting the over under for next week's show, I assure you. I think right, it'll let's still be over. <laughs> yeah. I'll still take the over no matter how high you put it. Hold on. What you need to do is just let Brandon know what the over under is and just see <laughs> if me and Eric just do it subconsciously. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. It's now time for, I've got a question. Brandon, you've won the toss, which we conducted off air this week. So you get to pick that first. What? I didn't hear him either. I'm choosing to pick him. He said you won the toss. I said, of the salad. <laughs> he had to ask him to repeat it. I, I know, I know. They, this one's on me. My bad. Thanks, Truth. Now pick a question. Uh, I'll take NFL. All right. So I subtitled the NFL question this week, uh, fake news. Again, we don't get political on the show, though. Uh, of the eight division leaders right now, which one do you think is the least likely to win its division? New England, Cleveland, Houston, Kansas City, Dallas, Green Bay, San Francisco, New Orleans. I'm going to have to go with San Francisco because I think all of those, except for Cleveland, but things have changed since. Um, But all of those except for Cleveland, I picked to win their division in the beginning of the season. Uh, San Francisco has been playing very well, but I still think that, uh, you know, either Seattle or the Rams, especially after last week, I think the Rams are going to feel completely embarrassed and they're going to pick up, pick up their pace. Uh, I still think the Rams will pull that out. The other team that I would say, uh, would be my runner up for this question would be, uh, Cleveland. Because I think, while, yes, they were able to beat uh, Baltimore this week, I still think Baltimore is a front-runner. Eric? Honestly, while I agree about with Cleveland, they've resurrected their offense for this one game. How long is that going to last? I like Baltimore with their consistency, plus letting things open up a bit more for Lamar Jackson. But my real pick is Dallas. If you look at how they've performed throughout this season, yes, they've come up in sort of significant games, but against much, much weaker opponents. Your big test for them was Sunday night, and it was a repeat of the game between the Cowboys and the Saints last year. Low-scoring slugfest. This time New Orleans pulled it out, without even scoring a touchdown. Things to, things to note for the Cowboys, especially with Dak Prescott at quarterback, whenever he is under center, the Cowboys almost exclusively run. And when he's in the shotgun, they almost exclusively pass. That level of predictability can easily be found out and it's a very simple blueprint to shut down this 
supposedly vaunted attack, and that opens the door right for the Eagles to storm through, come back, and win the division. Jason. I, I'm going to have to agree with Eric. I think it's Dallas, uh, and I understand why you went to be to me being last because you know I was the one on this podcast that pointed out the the current division winners. the The current division leaders are teams that I'm pretty sure most of them I predicted, especially the Cleveland and the San Francisco. The West being like a toss up. But also, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to stick with my gut because I seen something in Detroit this year that exposed the Chiefs, and that was they are not as good as what people are giving them credit for. If you put the pressure on, they uh, a big play happens. If they start out sluggish and they they have to come down and if we what the hell is that? Robert, Robert Taylor has has heard that I am talking bad about the fucking Chiefs and his spirit is trying to come through the podcast <laughs> and I do apologize. Is it gone? Now is it gone, gone now? Yes, that was. That was me. My, my bad, guys. Sorry. My fan was probably oh, we, too close We to know it was you. When, when those three say, what the fuck's going on, and you didn't answer, we kind of figured it was you. <laughs> yeah. um, Continue your statement about Detroit and Kansas City real quick. But I, I, I see that Detroit exposed Kansas City a little bit and gave the rest of the, the NFL kind of a blueprint on how to deal with them. Yes, they are getting... They're starting running back, and they're starting wide receiver back this week. But I think that that may actually upset the balance that they've had thus far. So I really think that, and the fact that Melvin Gordon's coming back to the Chargers, I feel good about my pick having the Chargers win that division and Kansas City being runner-up. If the Chiefs had lost that game, I would have been right in your camp. But even with all that, they were able to make enough plays on both sides of the ball and win a game without Mahomes throwing a touchdown pass. That scares me a little bit when it comes to the rest of that division. If they can play like that and be that far off but still win, that's danger to everyone else in the AFC West. It's, it's also the Lions. The Lions are a lot better than you think they are this year, Jason. I don't think that, undefe- I don't think that undefeated start was a no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, do you, do you think that a, a higher-tier team, you know, not taking anything away from the Lions, but do you think a team like, you know, New England, uh, hell, I'll even throw Buffalo in there because Buffalo has a solid, stout defense, and they make big plays. Do you think that if you had a team like Buffalo, even Green Bay with their defense, the way they're playing, was able to do this, do you think you would have had a different outcome? Also, also that was his first game inside a dome to play. And for some reason, he struggled, which was really odd. 
I mean, it might be real quick, Eric. It might be the crowd noise thing that the sound is different inside of a dome as well. And maybe the crowd noise got to him a little bit. I don't think Mahomes' performance was bad, though. I mean, he still had 315 yards passing. No, I'm not saying that at all. Oh, my my God. I just gave Patrick Mahomes credit for something. (laughs) Hey, 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 Harry, you know what time it is now. Fuck off, Brandon. Continue, Eric. (laughs) I was just saying, for you talk about with Green Bay. Look at what Carson Wentz did to them on Thursday Night Football just last week. I think Mahomes would have a similar performance and come out and win. And I'm honestly going to say this to give uh, Harry a little bit of extra credit. You're putting these two teams right now. Buffalo, in my mind, would give Kansas City more trouble than New England. I've seen, even with New England, and yes, with this defense— Mahomes, even starting slow, could still adjust and find a way to fuck them up. I don't see that that easily with Buffalo. I will just take one quick opportunity, because we have to move on here, to point out that the last time that the Bills and Chiefs played, Buffalo won in Arrowhead. Let's move on. Um, Real quick, my answer to that, since you guys were on my case about not answering the questions myself last week, my answer to this question is going to make Eric happy, actually. I think the least likely team to hold on to the division lead is Houston. <laughs> I, think, I think that AFC South is wide open, and any of those four teams could realistically win it at this point. I will say I do have a lot more faith in the Jaguars uh, having a much better chance of winning the division now with how Minshew has played than I did previously. Okay, but at the same time to that, Brandon, and this is going to kind of upset Eric a little bit there, how much of that is teams not being familiar with him yet? Fair enough. And, look, I don't give a damn. I think it's better that they don't know the magic of Florida man just yet. We use that to our advantage. You never see us coming until we're a headline in the newspaper. You never see him coming until they pull out of the gate. Shut up, Beavis. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to also say Dallas because you know who's going to win that division? Fucking Danny Dobbs is going to lead the Giants back to a division win. Fuck all of you. Let, Eric, stop. you ready? Eric, do you want the college football question or the mixed question? I think I know the answer to this, but I have to ask anyway. Well, of course you know the answer, because i got a bone to pick with you, so I'm going to pick the college question. <laughs> As I said earlier when I revealed my dud, this plays into something later in the show. The title of this particular question was to be TWO or not to be. I stated earlier that I felt that Mac Brown made the wrong decision going for two and not going for the tie against Clemson. By yourself, if you were in Mac Brown's position on Saturday night, you would have gone for the win. Eric? I'm going to buy. Because in this case, I get the normal logic that, oh, you're at home, you've got the crowd favorable, you've got things going for you, you try to force overtime and wear them down. The problem is, the later in that game that it got, the more Trevor Lawrence was getting into a rhythm, and it was harder for that Tar Heels defense to make stops. That's why 
they were going into that last drive trailing to begin with. In that position, if you're at home and you have a pedigree like Mac Brown and you're trying to inject the life into a football team at a basketball and occasional lacrosse school, knowing you're hosting the number one team in the country, yeah, you're going to go for two. You're going to go for the win. You're sending a statement. No, we're going to do our best to beat the best, and we're going to make every effort to win. Now, I'm not 100% thrilled about the play call, just like I wasn't 100% thrilled about the play call when the Jaguars were in a similar position going for two. But I like the mentality. I used to be the kind of guy that, yeah, if you're at home in the position, you play it a little safe, but no. Now we are at a time in football where fortune truly favors the bold. I I never thought that I would say this because of uh, certain other results in a game, but Mac Brown, mad respect. Mad respect. I think I need a drink. (laughs) Jason? Same question. Buy or sell in Mac Brown's position, you would have went for two in the win against Clemson. I would have went for the tie. Uh, I mean, I think I would have went to for the tie, put it in overtime. You had, I mean, I, I get that Trevor Lawrence was getting in a rhythm, but that could have easily been been disrupted by going into overtime and just trying to wear him down. So, yeah, I, I would have just went for the tie for the win in overtime. Brandon? Um, I mean, I don't know enough about, like, how good, like, their both their offense and defense are, but, you know, if, if you have enough faith in your defense to be able to stop them, then, yes, I would go, it, I, I would go for the tie. But if if you're worried about like oh if we go into OT they're just gonna you know put the touchdown on us and and it's gonna be over anyway, then yeah you go for the two. So basically, Brandon's answer to the question is he's riding the fence. Sounded like it. yeah yeah. Bisco's going to Bisco. Well, I I just pretty don't much. know enough about their team to uh, apparently Bisco's finally riding the fence instead of a big black dick. Too far, man. Too far. I love you, Pisco. All right, let's move on here. Jason, you get to go first on this question here. I'm not the one to go first. And we kind of teased this topic last week, so Eric is finally getting his wish and having this question asked. Home teams in the National Football League this week were a combined 4-11. and There were multiple... Cases of teams going on the road in college football this week and picking up victories as well. Buy or sell, based on the parity in both college and the NFL nowadays, home field advantage is not nearly as important as it used to be. Um, I think I I don't I have to buy that. I don't think it is as important as it used to be. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just one of those things. What the fuck? Uh-oh. Jason, 
Yeah, my, no, my yeah. cousin posted something that is just, she's an idiot. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think parody is as bad as it used to be. I think it's it's pretty level. Um, and I'm going to force Gump and say that's all I have to say about that. While he goes and takes care of family matters, I'll ask the same question to Brandon. I'm going to buy this, but there's a number of different factors behind it. For one, a lot of teams now, especially in college, and especially in you know games where a bigger school is playing a smaller school, um, you go into a game, especially at home, thinking, okay, we've got the crowd behind us, we're good. So you, you don't have that that pre- you don't have as much pressure behind you, and as a result, you sometimes play a little lax. And that, uh, where on, whereas on the flip side, the team coming into your building says, "I know that I have to play my best because I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to be facing not only the opposing eleven, but the twelfth man as well." But on the flip side, especially in the NFL. And this is the case in a lot of, in, you know, baseball and basketball, uh, not quite as much in hockey, but especially in football now, home field advantage does not mean as much as it used to even, you know, 20, 30 years ago because of ticket prices. You don't have the rabid fans that are screaming in your face and are going to do anything they can to create that home field atmosphere as you used to in the past. And as a result, you have these much tamer crowds and that does not create the, the conduit needed for these great home field advantages. And then also, like you mentioned, I think the, the parody is just so much closer now that, you know, more than ever it is, you know, anyone can beat anyone in, on any given Sunday. Or Saturday. Or Saturday, yes. Eric, you finally get your wish. Home field advantage being actually discussed in the question segment. Uh, it feels good. Real good. And naturally, I'm going to buy this simply because I don't even think it's just the ticket prices. When you look all the time, and Brandon even brought up a good point with the different sports, you had a lot of hallowed sacred grounds where even regardless of the ticket prices, you didn't just go to see that team. You went to that stadium, that arena. You were enveloped in all of the history and the great games being played there. Now, because of how we are with Stadia and with different experiences and all these things going on, you don't give these teams enough of a chance to build an incredible amount of history in these buildings before you either renovate it in a best-case scenario or you tear it down completely and build something new. So if you're not giving this time to develop, then you're going to have generations of fans who are going to perceive things completely different. 
and you're going to see you know, these fans growing up and not seeing all this familiarity or thinking, oh, the team is terrible or this and that. You're not developing that mystique. That mm-hmm. takes more than a couple of decades. So when you don't build that mystique, your home field, what does it really mean? Even the other players would be sensing that as opponents. It's like, oh, I can go here and I don't see all the ghosts of this miraculous play or these great players or this and that. It's just like, we're going here, we're playing a team, let's get this done and we can get a W. That's That's kind of what we... Real quick, Brandon, I kind of wanted to chime in here based on something that Eric said Mm -hmm. there, because it actually ties into last week's episode of the show, where we talked where we talked about the places that have the best home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you say that, when you say that you're not afraid of going to these places, like you are afraid of going to Notre Dame stadium, like mm-hmm. you're afraid of going to Lambeau state Lambeau field to play a game. Mm-hmm. Like you were afraid of going to candlestick back when the Niners were in their hair, their heyday or to orchard park back in the eighties and nineties when the bills were as good as they were. Right. I completely agree with that. I think the atmosphere has definitely changed more towards the modern state, modern stadiums that don't quite instill the same level of fear and of honestly of intimidation that these older stadiums used to do because of the way that a lot of those older stadiums were set up in terms of the atmosphere for the visiting teams. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say as well. You know, when we were talking about the, the stadiums that created the best home field advantage last week, all of the stadiums we mentioned were older stadiums that had history behind them. Another aspect, and I think all three of these things meld into one to create what we are talking about, is the fact that in today's society, in today's world, not only do a lot of people say, like I was talking about, oh, the, the ticket prices are way too high, you know, why should I bother spending, you know, X amount of dollars to go to the game and see it live where I may not be, you know, especially if you're worried about money where I'm going to be sitting, you know, up in the rafters and, you know, I'm not going to have the best view where I, where, when I can just sit at home and get the best seat in the house. Um, Also, you know, in today's technology-driven world, I think a lot of fans, I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but I think a lot of the fans, they're not as invested in the games, even when they do go to a game, as they were 20, 30, 40 years ago, because, you know, they're focused on, like, five other different things at the same time. I would say the technological focus has definitely taken away the attention span of the modern fan, but I don't think it's as bad as maybe everybody makes it out to be. Oh, it's not as bad as a lot of, you know, old fuddy-duddies make it out to be. But it definitely is a factor. It definitely is something that you have to take into consideration. More for the younger fans than even fans our age and older. Here's another thing also... um, and, well, it's, well, this is kind of true, but kind of not at the same time. A lot of the older stadiums, while, yes, they had that bold, that bold design and, you know, the, the higher seats were further back, 
at the same time, they had a feel of the fans being right on top of you. Yes. Whereas a lot of the newer stadiums are built in such a way that, you know, the fans don't feel like they're right on top of you. No, I mean, even with those like older ones, yeah, you had the nosebleeds being the nosebleeds, mm-hmm. but if you were lucky enough to get, like, with those first five rows, even if you weren't right at the 50-yard line or what have you, you could almost, like, reach right over and scream right your opponent's bench. Mm-hmm. Granted, that would be some repercussions, but still, a lot of opponents would be afraid of that. All right, let's move on here because we're right around the halfway mark of the show and we're right at about the 45-minute mark, so I want to continue keeping good time for tonight's episode. Let's uh, move into our I'm a Survivor predictions for the week. And, Brandon, you have been voted off the island. Screw you, Rams. Screw you. The good news is is that you can start picking teams that you've already picked once again. The bad news is, is your win total resets, so your best streak on the year is three. Myself and Jason still have four-week winning streaks. We are the only two that have not lost a game yet in Survivor. We'll let Brandon and Eric pick first, and then myself and Jason will go as the main event of the segment since we are the two that are still in the running for the first crown. Brandon, you're up first. Uh, especially since I'm able to pick them again and considering who they are playing, and this is the most lopsided game of the week, I have to go with the Patriots. Technically, you hadn't picked New England this year, Brandon. Oh, I thought I did, like, week one. No, you picked Seattle week one. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Eric, you're on a two-game winning streak right now. You cannot pick New England or the Chargers. I am going with Philadelphia. The other lopsided game. Because, yeah, um... I've seen enough of Luke Falk, and he ain't no Carter Minshew. Just, just no, no. So for those wondering, New England's taking on Washington, and Brandon didn't stay. And Philadelphia is playing the J-E-T-F. Fuck it. Suck, suck, suck. Jason, you've picked Philadelphia, New England, Minnesota, and the Chargers. What do you got? Well then, well then, <clears throat> I'm going to go out on a limb and take a real, real barn burner here. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm going to take the Bears. You son of a bitch! Duh, Bears. The Bears. Some bitch just stole my pick. Complained about everybody doing it last week and then does it to me. Well, I, I, honestly, honestly, I was torn between the Bears, but I think I'm going to save the 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 um, other game I was looking at, the Sunday night game. I think I'm going to save that team for later on, in, for possibly one of the next two weeks. I'm not changing my pick, though. Uh, neutral field and that Bears defense against Derek Carr and an undermanned Raiders team now. Yeah, Bears win, Bears win easily. Give me Chicago not- as well. Not just the Bears defense, specifically the man who's admittedly been looking forward to that game, number 52, Khalil Mack. 
Yeah, uh, Rob, Robert Foster and I just spoke about this earlier on Golden Point Sports. The episode should be available by the time you listen to this episode of the kickoff here. And we specifically said that this is a avengement game for Khalil Mack against his former team. Mm-hmm. Mm. Going to tear up Derek Carr and then go to the sideline for a spot of teeth. By the way, what the hell are crumpets? Crumpets are like biscuits. Uh, yeah, they're biscuit-like. Hmm, Okay. Okay. I know this because I've been educated because the we got our desks moved around today, and I have a kid uh, from Liverpool that is now my uh, pod mate, and he has edu- been educating me on a lot of English slang and things that well, I didn't understand about England. Look, I, I, if I get the funds to get a Manchester United jersey, I dare you to wear it in the work yes, one day. Please, please. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll agree with this. Why? So he could be laughed at hysterically? You guys are sitting like ninth on the table. Shut the fuck up. But Rob, we admit that we're rebuilding. Talk to us when you actually win the Premier League. Thank wrong you very form much. of football. Uh, no, because this particular form of football, talk to us when we lose a game this year, which we have not. Oh, I'm sorry. And you're how many in? I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Weren't you in the lead last year? And look what happened. I mean, hey, that was a very great 90-plus point performance. Best runner-up season I've ever seen. Kudos. <laughs> look what you've done, Jason. When, when was the last time you guys won an international competition? Uh, fuck, we're talking soccer. Back out. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and continue here. Um, Eric, yes. much like your Reds, get it together. Yeah, as I mentioned, I have a very special get it together for this episode. As we all know, and as ESPN has also created a what might be, although I haven't seen a single one of them yet, wonderful series of documentaries celebrating this very unique sesquicentennial season and anniversary of college football. One of the teams that first fielded those 25 young men back in 1869, Rutgers. I get it. I get a lot of things about your university. After all, you're in New Jersey, so you get a bit of a pass. But knowing what Michigan just went through, knowing how they're embarrassed, knowing they were in the hot seat, you had an opportunity to make a few extra people sweat a little bit, to put yourself more on a map. What do you do? You promptly lose at home, 59 to nothing, then proceed to fire your coach. And I've been hearing rumors that you're bringing, trying to bring back a coach that you fired, who was subsequently fired from Tampa Bay after an 0-8 start. Are they really trying to bring Shiano back? It's been rumored. It's been kicked around. Oh, uh, God. For the love of everything, holy Scarlet Knights, take a breath, do whatever sort of mafia-style thing you have to do, 
But for the love of all, get it together. I please. mean, even Princeton is laughing at you right now. I mean, what is and that they're an FCS school. I mean, even though it doesn't really matter on the football end because we do not have a football team, I love laughing at Rutgers' expense. So I don't want them to get it together at all. Life in the Big Easy, I guess, huh? (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, Johns Hopkins is a Big Ten lacrosse, and I always love for when my Blue Jays go ahead and beat up on them, but still, that's a whole different sport entirely. I'm trying to give them at least some credit. Well, as long as as long as we beat them in the Garden State Classic this year, that's all that matters. Jason, get it together so these two can quit talking lacrosse. I'm not talking lacrosse. I'm talking basketball. No one. Uh, yeah, I care about that as much as I care about uh, much of anything currently. Uh, my get it together is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Rookie quarterback, Redskins, instead of going over plays on the sidelines during this week's game, he is basically just staring off into space and just non-committal to this team. Uh, I'm so glad the Giants did take Danny Dime over him. Coming out, I thought he was more uh, as athletically inclined quarterback and he would be a good fit. But seeing just his piss-poor attitude and how he is just has no idea what's going on or how want to learn. I mean, then he gets thrown in the game, and he looks absolutely lost because didn't of he course get, you would be. Didn't he get picked twice by the Giants? Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. And yeah. one of them, if I... And if I'm not mistaken, one of them went back to the house, pick six. It's kind of funny because I remember I talked about this last week when uh, they showed him on the sideline staring off into space, not seeming like he cared. And this week again against the Giants where you would have thought this would have been a game for him to say, hey, look, and hey, look, you know, I'm better than the guy that you picked ahead of me and to show up the Giants, you would have thought that he would have been coming into this game with a chip on his shoulder. But no, he just looked like he just didn't care. Technically speaking, it was an improvement from Haskins. He went from not caring on the sideline to not caring in the game. Fair enough. Fair enough. And to think, this is Washington. Do you really think that you have to care in order to be the starting quarterback? Fair enough. That's... I mean, I wouldn't want to play for Jay Gruden, but that's just me. Now, if it was arena football, I would run through a wall for that guy, but no, not now. A not not just a metaphorical wall, but a literal wall as well. True. Watch arena football; it's fun. I mean, there's only like seven teams right now, but it's still fun. Actually, expansion talk. <laughs> and. Well, before we continue, fuck you, Steven. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're petty as fuck on this show, and we don't care who knows it. All right. Yeah, mister, I'm going to take a hiatus from podcasting and then jump right back in now that things are good. I see a chair. Jason, get it. Wait, no, he just did. Perry, get it together. Brandon, get it together. Perry, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It literally, not uh, just my team for the week, but me actually yeah. as a person. 
yeah, you need to get it together. My get it together this Jesus. week, my get it together this week cost me my spot on the survivor pool. Rams defense, get it together. How the hell do you give up over 50 points? How the hell do you give up 55 points to Jameis Winston? Oh, time out. Am I the only hey. one having deja vu right now? Is there a glitch in the Matrix? Technically, <laughs> technically, speaking, he's, technically speaking, he's not ripping anybody off here. We talked about the Rams earlier, but you discussed it in your, your dud. He can tell them to get it together. It's fine. Mostly because I don't want to have him have to take the time to find something. I, I'm else. just saying. I'm just saying. How the hell do you give up 55 points to, to Gene? Technically, they gave up 49 because the one was a pick. Fair, fair or enough. A fumble. But a fumble you, 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 don't, you don't play defense. That's how you give it up. Well, yeah, exactly. But this is the Rams we're talking about who should who supposedly were expected to be the cream of the crop in the NFC West this year. Yeah. Let, let's not let's forget not forget here a defense that has Aaron Donald on it shouldn't exactly. be allowing forty nine points, especially since those last six were Donald Kong Sue who was on the Rams last year. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is revenge game. Dun dun dun. Dramatic reverb. All right, now Harry can actually get it together with his get it together while he attempts to get it together for the actual show. Um, Eric. There was a Thursday night football game last week where two teams played, and one of those teams scored 45 points in the ACC, and one of those teams scored 10 points in the ACC. The teams were Virginia Tech and Duke. Do you care to guess which had which score? Um, well, I'd have to think about that for a second because either of them seems pretty what, likely Was at Duke this rate. the one that had the higher? Duke be- Beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, forty-five to ten. Damn. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Duke has actually started to care about football for some ungodly reason that I don't. Duke like. beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, forty-five to ten. Hokies, Hokies, Hokies. What the fuck was that? No, 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 no. They shouldn't get it together yet. Wait a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like, like they I want them to like, get it together this week. Poor, like, I, like I said about Denver, get it together next week. Next week. Virginia Tech, right. okay. You They're know what? First. Fuck it. Segway. Are you serious? Harry, who's your college pick? I'm taking Virginia Tech plus 14 against Miami. Suck it, Eric. Gigantic that jackass. You know what? See, if I was in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, I would take out my phone right now. I would go to Foxbet right now. And I would put a good chunk of money on Tennessee plus 24 against Florida right now. Just because, Harry. Just because. Wait, where, where the fuck are you saying that we are playing Tennessee? We play yeah, Auburn this That's Georgia who's playing Tennessee. Yes. Damn it, now I'm the one that needs to get it together. I fucked up my own bitch. Yeah, I need to get a drink. I can't keep doing can, this. Over. Can we call Steven to set in? You know, we need a no. professional. No, no, no. no. Absolutely no. not. Damn it, we can do bad all by ourselves. We don't need help. <laughs> oh my god, we're the Tyler Perry of podcasts. 
Uh, well, we do have a cross-dressing black man on here, so. <laughs> Look, there was only what, one picture, what, and I did that as a troll, damn it. You what, have no right to bring that up. Hey, what he does in his personal life is his decision, so. It's not very personal when yeah, but, you, you know, does shit on, video, on uh, certain websites. Ah, uh, that's not family <laughs> show. All right, let's go. And if you're wondering what he's talking about, there's a many. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Braden, college. Are you serious? My are you serious for this week is I'm taking Cal minus, well, plus 18 over You motherfucker. (laughs) That's all right. I have a backup. Uh, Who is Cal playing so I can write this down? Oregon. Oh, there is no way they cover 18 against Oregon. Well, apparently uh, Jason was going to pick up too. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Could have been wrong. But I, I know Bisco, anytime Bisco goes before me, I need to have a backup plan because he's going <laughs> to Bisco's going to Bisco. So <laughs> I, I always have a backup plan. Eric, forgive the man dying of a cough over here. Are you serious? Because I was really, really torn, but I'm really going to go with my gut on this one because there's a team that I don't trust, especially since this is a divisional matchup. And outside of Wisconsin, I think the Big Ten West overall, okay, maybe Iowa, but the rest of those teams are kind of a crapshoot. I'm going to give one last chance. To my boy, Lovey Smith, Illinois plus 14 against Minnesota. So, so your pick of uh, Tennessee over Georgia wasn't serious? No, that was just to spite Harry. But then I realized, oh, shit, I had that completely mixed up. But then again, it would have been much more dramatic because that Florida-Auburn line, that just, eh, it doesn't give enough oof. Besides, I can just go down right over to the swamp, take a couple hundred bucks, hand it to some refs, and nobody would know any difference because it would be another year to complain. <laughs> I'm actually kind of worried about this game against Auburn. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to pull Auburn and LSU out of the SEC West this year, that kind of sucks for us, especially having to play Georgia in the East, too. Come on, Bo Nix and Joe Burrow. Beat them up and tenderize them so that there, way I have more motivation to go to the cocktail party. There are five undefeated teams left in the ACC. Florida is one of them and has to place three of the other four. Yikes. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, my are you serious for college is Virginia Tech plus 14 against Miami. I don't think Virginia Tech wins this game, especially after the way they played against Duke. But I would like to hope that at some point they get a fire lit up under their ass for the way that they performed against Duke and they take it out on Miami. Again, they can do that next week. We're already crippled enough after beating Central Michigan 17 to 12. Seriously? 17 to 12! How the fuck do you only beat the Chippewas by. You almost lost to the Chippewas! Look, it's not our fault that our offensive line is like some damn Swiss cheese. And not even a 20th is delicious either. Just, just, 
Just so you know, my grandpa, he was a Chippewa. Eric, and you wonder why Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma. Do you, Jason? Do, 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 Are you, you serious? Really, did you really have to rub that salt in the wound? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, this is going to – I'm going to have a – um. Uh, uh, how? What is it? A theme this week, and that theme is a certain cartoon character that's been on the air for since 1989. Do you want to take a guess who that is? 89 cartoon character. Homer Simpson. Yes, it is Homer. Therefore, I am taking WVU at home plus ten and a half. Versus Texas. Wait, that God damn it! Am I gonna have to change my NFL pick? Yes, you Let's son of a bitch! <laughs> God damn it! Oh, that's what you I did was, for taking his college pick. And I was gonna, I was so tempted, but I'm like, no, I, I know I, Jason's gonna pick that one. I'm leaving I, that alone. <laughs> I looked at it too and decided against it as well. Because there are literally like hardly any. You did see that I. You did see that I lowered the number to three for this week, right? Oh, because of no, the I did that not. Okay. Game. Read the goddamn group track, Bizco. I did see it. Okay, while he's looking for his new pick, Eric. Oh, NFL, by the way, you never gave standings. I will give them once we're done making our picks. Now go look for yours. Fair enough. Eric, NFL. Are you serious? Now this is another one. Um... It's a, another bit of a crapshoot, except that this is different. Whereas for college, I picked one should-be middling team in its division against an absolute middling team in its division. For this one, these are two middling teams in the league altogether. And barring a repeat of one team pulling off what they did to start this season... One of them will no longer have the distinction of being winless. <coughs> Give me, because I don't trust Andy Dalton, this is going to be another game where he's going to be the beige water pistol, Cardinals plus three in Cincinnati. Yes, for those wondering, usually we keep the line here on the show for the NFL at at least four. However, there are not a ton of games in the NFL that are above three this week. Therefore, I am opening up the NFL line two, three, four this week only, depending on where the lines go from here. We'll determine that as necessary. College, college will be going up again soon as well, probably from seven to ten. I've got mine now, and, and it's going to make uh, Eric very happy. All right, hold on. Let me write down Cincinnati. Let me write down. Wait, you said Arizona, right, Eric? Yes. Okay, let me write down Arizona for Eric. I almost wrote down Cincinnati, and that would have been stupid because they're a three-point favorite. Go ahead, Brandon. Hey, uh, Eric, guess what? Yes? Your, your, favorite, uh, your favorite porn star quarterback is going to do it again out in Carolina. I'm taking the Jags. Plus three and a half in Carolina. And Brandon will be justly rewarded for believing in the power that is Florida, man. You wait and see. Ah, Brandon can eat a dick. <laughs> Jason? 
You know uh, it's a horse because he said no. Uh, I'll take you. My Giants. Fuck you, Bisco. I'm older, so I claim them. <laughs> versus the Vikings. Getting five. Five and a half, I think. Vegas currently has them at five, so. We use ESPN, which is, I, I think Bisco's right. I think it's five and a half. Well, well, if I'm taking, I'm not taking the extra half a point thanks to Vegas, so that that should make everybody happy. You know, Actually, if, if if BoxBet was available nationwide, he could go ahead and buy that half a point. Um, Jason, Brandon, yes, I did do it. You got Jason. You were just a guest a couple of weeks ago on Robert Taylor, on Robert Foster's podcast, Golden Point Sports. That is correct. I was a guest this week on Robert Foster's Golden Point Sports because my Bills are playing the Titans later this week. The the, the line is Tennessee minus three. It's fine. I'm not touching it. I'll leave that alone. Even though Buffalo's winning that game outright. Do you know what my upset pick for the week was? What? What's up? Giants over Minnesota. Uh, I knew you wasn't as dumb as you wasn't as dumb as the chair looks. <laughs> now to my NFL, are you serious? I'm actually going to take the highest point spread of the week here. Well, tied for it if you're going by Jason's numbers here. I have a five point underdog that I am picking to not only win but to cover, but to win as well. Atlanta and Matt Ryan get off the schneid going to Houston and beating the Texans. Oh, that would do us an incredible favor. I looked at that game. I I just I don't think that I don't think Ryan allows the Falcons to fall to one and four because I think Ryan knows and I think that the coach of the Falcons knows that if the Falcons fall to one and four, they're done. Yeah. Oh yeah. And given the fact that I picked them as my second wild card in the NFC earlier this year, I really don't want that to happen. So give me Atlanta plus five against Houston t- on a Sunday evening. Fair enough. <coughs> so we talked a lot about football today. But one of my other favorite sports is actually starting its postseason right now. Woo! And I just want to get a quick opinion here. I already know who one of these people's opinion on this show is going to be. Real quick, let's get it on recorded audio so that way we can look back on this and realize how fucking stupid we were later. Eric, World Series prediction, winner, loser, how many games? Dodgers beat the Yankees in six. Brandon? Yankees beat the Dodgers in seven to get their 28th. Jason? I'm going to agree with Eric, but I think it's going to be in seven. Dodgers over Astros in seven. And by the way, you just the want, you just, just, you just didn't want to pick the Yankees to make it to the World Series. Goddamn right I won't pick the Yankees. Fuck I'm surprised them. you didn't pick, pick your Braves. Uh, I, I know we don't match up well with the Dodgers. Yeah, and oh, by the way, you're the one saying, oh, the post is getting underway. No, thanks to the magic that was the, uh, how do they call it, the Moneyball World Series? Yeah, the postseason's been started. 
and Tampa Bay's already got a win. Thank you very much. I will point out to you, Mr. Eric, that I actually picked Tampa Bay to win that game. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't count the wild card game. I do. <laughs> it's unfort well, he has to. It's the only win Tampa Bay's gonna get in the postseason. Fair this enough. Year. Yeah. Damn, I, I sense I sense some brooms coming out in that Houston series with you guys, Eric. I'm sorry. Hey, don't apologize. We at least got something. We're the first team in the past, what, 25 years to have the lowest opening day payroll and make it to the division series. I will hang my hat on that. Not to mention, Yandy Diaz is a man! <laughs> Lead oh, off. poor Oakland. Lead off home run to start the wild card play in game. And he homered again, making everybody extra miserable. As if being an O.co wasn't miserable enough. <laughs> oh, that stadium is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Robert Foster, Golden Point Sport. It's available on Anchor FM. You can follow Robert Foster on Facebook. In order to find the link, you will see Jason in a previous episode. This week's episode that should be up. By the time you're listening to this, features none other than yours truly guest starring on Golden Point Sports. Eric, where can people find you online? At Squid Sportshead on Twitter. Uh, if Again, if you're into seediness, message me because I have a potential new venture starting up. Details to be discussed on the Black Irish podcast. And uh, if there's works of a Soccer to the Max podcast rumbling in the next few days, so uh, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Brandon, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at Bisco underscore Gotham SN and on all the different, uh, on Facebook in different groups and whatnot. Jason. Don't find me, go fuck yourself. Yeah! <laughs> but if they wanted to find you. I wouldn't accept the request. Because I'm a fucking asshole. But you can look me up on Twitter at TurkerGlue822. And if you're lucky, I'll acknowledge you with my greatness. <laughs> All right, real quick, before we get out of here, H-E-B the Eagle on Twitter, even though admittedly I barely use it. Harry Broadhurst on Facebook. Feel free to send me a message on there. We'll talk sports. We'll talk wrestling. We'll talk pretty much anything except for Eric's sex life because <laughs> family stuff. Hey, you're the one that brought it up this time. I mean, the although- current, the current are you serious standings straight up? Harry has three wins. Brandon has two. Eric and Jason each have one. Three and five, two and six, two, one and sevens. Against the spread, Brandon is hitting 75% of his games. It's quite impressive. It's six and two for Brandon. I'm the man. I got to admit, that's pretty impressive. Myself and Jason are both four and four. Jason has the tiebreaker on a better point differential. Eric is three and five, which is more wins than he had through like week seven of the season last year. So he's improving. <laughs> Hold on, I want to point something out. We, I know how to prevent Bisco. Why he's hitting seventy five percent of his things? Make him pick because first. He keeps, stealing, he keeps stealing our shit, and we have to scramble to pick something else. Okay, you know what? So we, new rule. we just need to move him to the last. Last. Yeah, new rule. Brandon, you have to announce your picks in advance in the in the group chat before we do the show. 
Okay, fine. Yes. What the hell we do? We, we done that, and he still tries to take your picks. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, folks. If you could see our group chat, well, we'd probably be thrown off the air. Can't fire us. We're already fired. <laughs> that one was for the wrestling fans that listened. All right. For Jason Teasley, I popped myself with that. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biscabing, I'm Harry Broaders. This has been the kickoff on the W2M Network for now. Dun dun dun. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> you can find us online <laughs> on Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox, iHeartRadio, Spreaker. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And hopefully Glacier's not a dick when we find somewhere else to go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to week five of the kickoff, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week here on the kickoff. Right now, a part of the W2M Network.